From Blackfoot to Teton, we've got your District 6 breakdown right here on the East Idaho PrepCast with Lance Taylor. That's right. It is time for another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down all that District 6 action you need to know about. Brandon Bainey with Lance Taylor. The East Idaho PrepCast brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports and sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. Lance, can you tell it's the morning? I haven't had enough coffee yet. Yeah, you know, morning time always takes a little while to get going. No doubt. Those are, again, some awesome shades you're sporting there with the uh, Pure Adrenaline Motorsports Yeah, and now... These shades can be picked up, be purchased at all good-to-go stores in Idaho, and also Bill's Bike and Run in Idaho they can be picked up at. Awesome. That's that that's big. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really big when you can get that in-store distribution. So that's awesome and exciting news for Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, uh, the great sponsor of this East Idaho PrepCast. All right, Lance, uh, it's time to look at some brackets. State soccer has finally arrived. District 6, well-represented. I figured we'll just kind of start at 5A and work our way down. That sound all right? That sounds perfect to me. Okay, let's pop up the 5A boys state soccer bracket. You've got Thunder Ridge as the number four seed. Now, if you're watching the video of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll see that we have put the brackets up on the screen. Might want to go full size on on your player so you can see the bracket more clearly. Uh, If you're just listening to the audio on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, uh, just try to follow along as best you can. Thunder Ridge is the number four seed. Uh, the teams that qualify this year were seeded one through eight based upon their max preps ranking at the end of the regular season. They will play Boise, the number five seed, right away. That is a tough opening round matchup, Lance. Well, and that is your premier opening round, or opening round matchup as well because statistically, based upon uh, max preps, those are the two closest teams. Uh, middle of your bracket is always your most competitive. Uh, I shouldn't say always, but typically your most competitive. Uh, we'll see how that plays out during the tournament as well, but that is definitely going to be a game to watch. And Thunder Ridge is also on the same side of the bracket as number one, Lake City. Lake City went undefeated this year, Lance, but those teams up north are always kind of the big unknowns because it's like, well, uh, you know, what kind of competition did they really play except for this year? Lake City was able to play both Madison and Thunder Ridge. They traveled up to uh, Coeur d'Alene early on in the season and, and did a little weekend series. So uh, it's going to be interesting if, if we see Lake City and Thunder Ridge potentially in the semifinals as well. Yeah, it very well could be. And, uh, you know, you never know. However teams play, you might have a uh, all-Southeast Idaho State Championship as well. Yes, uh, that that Lake City Thunder Ridge matchup from earlier this year. Lake City won two to one, so pretty pretty tight matchup back then. If we go to the bottom of the bracket, Madison also qualified for state by finishing second at districts. They are the number seven seed. They will take on second seeded Timberline. Tim- Timberline looks awfully good this year, Lance. But uh, Madison maybe can play the role of spoiler here. They're they're the only non southern idaho conference team on this side of the bracket because you've also got number three bora and number six rocky mountain that's a yeah that's right and so you know madison i'm sure they go in i'm you know as they look at those rankings and and where they're they're sitting with max preps i'm sure they go into that with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and say you know what we're gonna we're gonna prove something here 
Yeah, so uh, they'll they'll hopefully crash the all district three party there on that side of the bracket. Uh, if we move on to the five A girls, uh, obviously Highland undefeated regular season. They are the number one overall seed. A rematch of the uh, district championship. They will play eighth seeded Thunder Ridge right away. Uh, so familiar opponents for Thunder Ridge who hasn't beaten Highland yet this year. Does that give them the advantage? It's so hard to beat the same opponent so many times in one season. It is. Uh, however, I I think that's just a little bit different in soccer. For whatever reason, it just feels a little different in soccer. Uh, I expect Highland to win this game and uh, and and move on. Yeah, my phone goes off. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dollar, Lance. That's a one dollar. Yeah, there we go. Now it's down. You know. <laughs> hey, no worries. Um, so yeah, Thunder Ridge, the eight seed, playing Highland, undefeated regular season. Um, the Max Preps rankings this year, Lance, were designed to avoid these sorts of uh, divisional matchups right away at state that we had seen, especially in District Six with basketball last year. Um, but it's it's funny how it worked out, where so many conference opponents are playing each other. But at least when well, they're yeah, seeding- the bottom half of this conference right now, or I mean of this bracket, it's all the same conference. Yes, uh, four teams from District 3 at the bottom of the bracket. Number three, Boise. Number six, Eagle. Number two, Rocky Mountain. Number seven, Centennial. But at least now that they're seeded, I'm okay with it if two conference yeah. teams match up. When it was predetermined, it's like you could avoid this, and yeah. they didn't. So. And I know I agree fully. And, and I, you know, I think I think going off the uh, going off the rankings and and uh, you know seeding them in that direction, I think it's going to give us better championship games. I think the potential is there. It's a, you know, it's not always the teams that you you know that are seated, you know, that you think or that are seated high that you think are, are going to be there that end up being there. But you know, n- nonetheless, it gives you the best opportunity. Yeah, I know all of our Skyline fans that are watching uh, were really not happy last year when both their boys and girls basketball teams had to play uh, a district opponent for the sixth time at State in the opening So uh, speaking of Skyline, if we move on to the 4A side of things, the Skyline girls, they're looking awfully good, Lance. They're the number two overall seed. They will play seventh-seeded Moscow in the opening round. Moscow is a team, Lance, that really isn't supposed to be here. They were playing undefeated Sandpoint in their district yeah. championship game. It was one one to nothing on a penalty kick. And uh, so here's Moscow ready to crash the party. Uh, Skyline, though, I think should be heavily favored in this match. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they should be. And I think Skyline, I mean, this could potentially um, – you know, for Skyline, I, I think this is a good bracket for them. I think this is a very good bracket. I look at that and say, hey, Skyline could really legitimately find themselves in that state championship game against, you know, a, a, a number of good teams. But, you know, statistically, Twin Falls, uh, you know, should be in that game with them. But but uh, I think Skyline looks at this and says, you know what, we could win a state championship here. Yeah, Sky, Skyline is on the same side of the bracket as number three, Canyon Ridge, and number six, Valley View. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then up top, you know, I think number one, Twin Falls, and number five, Bishop Kelly. Might yeah. might play a really entertaining semifinal matchup. So yeah, but I agree it sets up very well for Skyline to to possibly meet up with one of those teams in the championship matchup. And this is what we talked about, right? With the seeding, you're you're getting potentially better championship matches, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. For a boys, if we switch over to the boys side, now these competitions will be taking place at Brothers Park in Caldwell, uh, Hillcrest. 
just like the Skyline girls, Hillcrest is the number two seed overall at this tournament. They will play seventh seeded Preston. These two teams, Lance, played, if you remember, all the way back in the season opener, way back in, in late August. And uh, Hillcrest won that game pretty convincingly. Uh, I think it was three to one. So, yeah, rematch. Well, and, and for Hillcrest, that really as a school has not had a lot to cheer about this fall. Uh, this, this is a great opportunity for them to step up and, and get their name up there in something because they've struggled in some of the other sports. And, and I think for, you know, for, for Hillcrest, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Now let's, let's pull up this bracket again and look um, again, I think their side of the bracket is set up pretty well. Actually, you've got the third seed Sandpoint again, a team up North. They're always the wild card. Yep, uh, yep. Num- number six Canyon Ridge as well. I think Hillcrest, uh, I think they get past Preston pretty easily and and probably playing Sandpoint, maybe Canyon Ridge, but I think they win that matchup as well. And and then you're talking about up top on this bracket. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure who comes out of that. It's, it's pretty top-heavy, I would say, um, as we transition to the other District 6 team that made it, and that is Blackfoot, the, the Cinderella darling, right? They came into districts yeah. as the three-seed, sub-500 record. They uh, upset Skyline in the semis. They uh, upset Hillcrest in the championship. So Blackfoot is yeah. actually your district champion. And and because of the Max Preps rankings this year, Lance, uh, they only factor in your regular season rankings. What you do in no. districts doesn't count towards your seeding. So even though Blackfoot yeah, won right. districts, even though Blackfoot won districts, they are the eight seed overall playing number one Jerome. Now Jerome yeah. is a team that I think in a lot of years probably wouldn't be ranked number one. They had a lot of ties this year and because they had ties instead of losses that elevated them to the number one position. So for Blackfoot, I think this is actually a decent draw. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is for Blackfoot as well. I think this is, this is a one eight matchup that they look at and say, Hey, this is a winnable, this is a winnable one. It's not ones that it's not a matchup that the team's going in saying, Hey, let's just not get blown out. You know, let's keep it respectable. This is what I think they feel they can win. And uh, in terms of coaching, there aren't many that are better than Liam Pope at Blackwood. Yeah. One of the that best, is true. One of the best coaches around. So, uh, moving on to the three A ranks, let's start with the three A boys. Sugar Salem comes in as the number three seed overall. They will take on sixth seeded Bonners Ferry. Bonners Ferry almost won the district title up north. They lost to Coeur d'Alene Charter on penalty kicks, so they're going to be coming in motivated. But for Sugar Salem. Again, I think this bracket sets up really well because you've also got number two American Falls and number seven Teton on the side of the bracket. So, so kind of all the all the East Idaho teams are all yeah. jumbled up. And that's a, that's a tough side of the bracket. That is a very tough side of the bracket. And uh, you know, you look at uh, Sugar Teton and what they went through during the regular season with each other. You know, as far as uh, splitting and and uh, I mean, I mean, you're talking some some good teams on that side of the bracket. However. I feel Sun Valley Charter. I think they're the team with the target on their back. I think they've got. Uh, I, I think they've got the best path to the state championship, and uh, I think they're going to be very, very tough to beat. Yeah, on the top of the bracket, of course, Sun Valley Community School, the Cutthroats, the number one seed. Yeah. They are. They are such a dominant force. I think. I think overall. Sun Sun Valley wins the title. It's just a matter of who matches up with them. Could could we see a Sugar Teton semifinal Lance? Uh, American Falls had a nice regular season, but but so did Teton. That's right. <clears throat> and really, I I think of the three uh, boys tournaments going on up there. I think uh, this is the most competitive. And and uh, you know, with the exception of Sun Valley Community School, I think you take the other seven and. 
and uh, or excuse, yeah, the other seven teams. And I think that's that's pretty tight. I think that's a pretty tight race. And you look at that bottom half of the bracket, and uh, wow, that's that's going to be competitive. That is going to be very competitive. Yeah, it's very surprising that Teton, you know, was seated so low, right? Just the seventh seed. I I thought they. Yeah. They had a really good regular season. Now, yeah. American Falls and Teton did play once this season. It was in the middle of September, really kind of later September. American Falls won two to one. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens in the rematch. But you're talking about potentially a- an all district six semifinal yeah. sugar yeah. in Teton. So uh, let's move on to the three A girls where, uh, again, uh, Sugar Salem has qualified. It seems like every sport, Sugar is always at state at least. Um, they are the five seed Lance. They're on the top half of the bracket. They will take on fourth seeded Marsh Valley. This to me is the most intriguing matchup because Marsh Valley kind of breezed through the regular season. They didn't lose to a three A opponent, but no. the question is, Sugar Salem is battle tested, and will will that give them the edge over Marsh Valley in this five versus four matchup? Yeah, you know the latter part of the season, uh, you know, might have changed Sugar a little bit. You know, you look at these two teams; they played twice during the regular season. Uh, Marsh Valley winning one, and then they tied one. So Sugar has not beat Marsh Valley this year, uh, and uh, this uh, this could be a very good matchup. You know, and for Sugar, they they would really like to get back to that state championship game uh, that they uh, you know they lost in a year ago, and and uh, you know, and if you're Marsh Valley, um, you know, Sugar's one of those schools that's kind of been king of the hill. Uh, for a lot of sports, you know, and that's a big name to beat. And so, you know, I think Marsh Valley will bring their best as well. That's a, that's a, that's a pick em game. If that was a Vegas spread there, that would be a close enough spread that it'd be a pick em. Yeah, for sure. I think whoever escapes that opening round match, Lance, I think is going to have a pretty tough time with the top seed Fruitland in the semifinals. Fruitland is the number one overall seed. Yeah. Um, they, uh, went undefeated against three, a competition. They have a girl, uh, Abby Rubido, who's averaging nine points per game. That's goals and assists. So if you think about they're they're basically scoring nine goals a yeah, game, that's right. that's tough. which is <laughs> tough to stop. So I think, I think Fruitland, uh, advances to the championship from the, championship from that top half the bottom half quarter lane charter as the number two seed is so dominant they've won how many titles in a row now yeah right? yeah a lot and and uh, you know they go in with that mental factor of saying we know what it takes to win this and uh, there's no unknown for them you know they, they know all about this tournament they know what it takes to win it and um, i think they come out of that bottom half of the bracket yeah, uh, Teton as the seven seed will get Coeur Charter right off the bat, and um, I I think Coeur Charter wins that contest um, and and advances to the championship. The only reason Coeur Charter isn't the number one overall seed is because uh, at, at the very end of the regular season they they had a game that was forfeited by St. Mary's, so they had an open date and they said, well, who can we play? They said, well, let's play Sandpoint. Sandpoint went undefeated. And it was kind of a last minute, hey, let's schedule this game. Sandpoint won two to one. And because of that loss, that dropped them to yeah. the two seed. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's always those intricacies that make a difference on there. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Coeur d'Alene Charter is going to be very, very good. In fact, to be honest with you, they're my odds on favorite to win it. Yeah. Uh, me too. Again. So. Yep. I, I completely agree with that. So that's kind of a look at the, at the state soccer brackets at East Idaho, very well represented. Um, I think there's, there's potential for uh, several teams to bring home a trophy. It may not be the state trophy, but, the, but there's going to be a lot of trophies. I think yeah. uh, coming. Well, 
Well, you got three chunks of hardware that are brought back, you know, and uh, some of those are going to come to to East Idaho. Yeah, I guess they're not trophies, right? They're plaques. They're, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a it's a plophy. <laughs> a black trophy <laughs> a plophy that's a new word <laughs> or, a, or a track no nah, because that's a sport so that doesn't work you know yeah. a trophy plaque but uh we'll call them a plophy <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if some of those east idaho teams can bring home a plophy from state so <laughs> all right let's move on to uh what happened in football last week there's just been some wild games lately lance i think we yeah. have to start in the 4A ranks, the high country conference, where it is completely upside down right now. You had Shelly at Blackfoot, a game that goes to double overtime. And Blackfoot this year, they may petition to out to, to ban the two-point conversion because they've now lost four games this year because of two-point conversions, three times where they wow. failed to convert. And this time in double overtime, Shelly does convert the two-point conversion and they win 29 to 28. Blackfoot is now three and five overall, Lance. Uh, there's this big, crazy four-way tie for first place right now with Skyline, Bonneville, Shelley, and Blackfoot. They're all yeah. two and one in the league. Well, and that's really a game that, to be honest with you, I thought Blackfoot was going to win. In fact, in our podcast last week, I, I picked Blackfoot. I felt that they were the better team. I felt uh, uh, that the, the chip that they were going to bring into that was going to be a little more than that of Shelly. Uh, the game was played in Blackfoot. Uh, but Shelly, you know, Shelly has, uh, you know, with the exception of the couple hiccups that they got, of course, a big hiccup is when they lost to, to Bonneville. But, but uh you know, Shelly has proven to be a formidable opponent. And we know Blackfoot has talent, particularly in the receiving core. We know that they've got a lot of talent. Um, but I, I just think a lot of it at this point of the season is unrealized. I, I think they they were starting to realize that when they picked up the win over over Skyline earlier in the season. I was actually on the call for that game uh, with Tim Belknap. And, but um, uh, they've just kind of, I don't know. I, I think Blackfoot is underachieving based upon the talent that they put on the field and Shelly might even be overachieving a bit. Yeah. It's th this is going to be a wild last week of the regular season, Lance, when you look at the high country conference in four a, because you've, you've got these, these four teams that are all jumbled together uh, that they're all playing each other. Bonneville is at Blackfoot and skyline will host Shelly. Uh, that, that Shelly skyline game, by the way, will be on idahosports.com yeah. this Friday night. So who who controls their own destiny in terms of winning the league, Lance? Believe it or not, Bonneville does. <laughs> if if Bonneville beats Skyline, they could potentially win the. Or excuse me, if if uh, Bonneville beats Blackfoot, Blackfoot, uh, I know what you mean. Right, they could potentially win the conference title. Uh, they would they would need Shelley to defeat Skyline as well, and then they would have the head to head tiebreaker over Shelley since they beat them. 13 to right. 7. So, yeah, so and I, I think Skyline, my, my picks for this game, I think Skyline beats Shelly. And uh, I think uh, I think Bonneville gets uh, probably two or three touchdown uh, beat by Blackfoot. I think Blackfoot handles them two or three touchdowns. Okay. So, so if that happens, Lance, then you've got Skyline winning the conference. That's right. They and they and Blackfoot. Skyline's the other team that controls their destiny somewhat. That's right. Uh, because Skyline beat Blackfoot head to head. So I mean, I didn't spend a ton of time beating my head. Actually, actually, Blackfoot beat Skyline head to head. Or, or right, right. Sorry. So yeah. so yeah. So Blackfoot would get the um, 
first place. That, I mean, right. Here's what's at stake, right? The, the district champion will get a first round buy and a top five seed. And to be honest, it'll probably be the number five seed if it's yeah. Shelly or, or Skyline or Bonneville yeah. uh, or Blackfoot. Whoever wins it will probably get the five seed overall just because they've all beaten up on each other this year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't spend too much time beating my head against the wall trying to figure out who, you know, uh, if this happens, then this team wins the league. And if this happens, this team wins the league. Because no matter what happens, Skyline, Blackfoot, Shelly all comfortably in the playoffs right now based upon yeah. their max preps rankings. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, and, and, and then when you get there, who has advantage? Well, Skyline does. They're coming off state championship. And, again, they got that mental advantage of we know how to be here. We know what it takes to win. Uh, now, that doesn't always translate to a state championship, but it certainly gives you a mental edge. And I think a mental edge is worth at least a touchdown. They do. They do have the confidence and they have, they have a lot of those uh, players returning from last year that were maybe in more complementary or reserve roles that are now sure. in the spotlight. Right. Guys like Abron Silver Silverio and Kenyon Sadiq and Tui yeah. Edwin on the line. And I mean, they're they're good. Skyline's just fine. And, well, and, they, and, and there's no question that they are tested. Skyline yeah. is tested. They've played some good teams this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just so perplexing um, to watch Blackfoot and Skyline both take Rigby to the wire, essentially, yeah. and yeah. then and then turn around the next week and and struggle with somebody in their own classification. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Shelly, Skyline, Blackfoot are all uncomfortably. Bonneville is the team that's uh, on the bubble right now. If the playoffs started today, Lance Bonneville would get the final at large yeah. bid. And they would yeah. be the 15 seed overall. And a, a, a loss to Blackfoot would put them out of that, essentially. Uh, but but I think, um, I, you know, Bonneville has improved. Uh, they're a better team this year than they were last year. You know, not winning a game last year. And, of course, it took them a, a chunk of the season this year to pick up their first win now, uh, over top of Shelley. And, uh, but, but, but I think Bonneville um, – uh, you know, I think next year they might make a, a quite a bit of a roar. Uh, I just, I just don't see it happening this year. Head coach Kevin Kempf has done a fantastic job in his second yes, year. Very much so. I mean, he he came in last year losing basically every starter and almost every assistant coach. He, I yeah. mean, he was literally starting from scratch yeah. with yeah. this team. Now, here's the interesting thing with Bonneville. If you look right now, the, the only teams they're competing with for that last at large spot are basically Moscow and Century. Those those yeah, are the three true. teams. Bonneville has a 4.1 rating on Max Preps. Moscow has a 1.6, and Century has a 0.6. Now, Century plays Pocatello this Friday. Moscow is done. They don't have a game this week. Yeah, that's right. They are. It's a bye. So, so they're idle. So – Here's how it works. If Century beats Pocatello, which 2% chance of happening, yeah, but it's it not could. If Century does, they they jump ahead and get that last spot because that's a big signature win. If Bonneville wins, obviously they get that last spot. If Bonneville loses and keeps it close, there's a there's like a 15-point threshold that's used to determine Yeah, that's right. quality win versus quality loss. I think if Bonneville even if they lose and it's it's kind of a close game, I still think Bonneville gets that last spot, believe it or not. Yeah, and, and Bonneville is good enough to potentially keep this game close. I don't think they're good enough to win it, but I think they are good enough to keep this game close. Yeah, I mean, 
and and then as I said, they're they're the they would be the 15 seed overall because there's an automatic bid from District Four Mountain Home that is clearly yeah. the worst team in the field, and they'll get the 16 seed. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, Bonneville has a lot to play for, which which is crazy to think three weeks ago we wouldn't have thought that was possible. No, here, no, here they are. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're moving up. They're moving up. They're not totally there yet, but they're they will be there. They're coached very well. Yes. Equally as chaotic, Lance, is the 5A High Country Conference. The big game we had last week on IdahoSports.com was a Rigby, honestly, a thrashing. 44-21 to 21 over Highland. Rigby really imposed their will in the second half. Highland could not stop the big plays. Tiger Adolfo had an 80-yard touchdown run. Zeke Falavai had a big 44-yard touchdown run. And uh, Rigby, again, showing that they are the class of this league. Well, we talked about that game last week, how, how that was going to be one in the trenches, and it was. When you get runs like that, those runs come from the trenches doing their jobs. And uh, and Rigby was just that much better. But you know what? Highland has a chance to back, bounce back this week, and I'll tell you what, their game is one of the uh, top two, I think, most intriguing games in yes. uh, Idaho this week. And and, I, and I've, I've said this to uh, to Highland fans and, and Highland supporters, you know, because now everyone's thinking, oh, Highland must not be very good. I think Highland is good. I think Rigby is just like really, really good. Like Rigby makes everybody look bad. Like yeah. I think I think Highland is still a top five team in the state. Yeah, yeah. I think Highland is a very good team. Uh, yes. uh, but it, it, it's going to take something pretty special for someone to step up and knock off uh, Rigby, I think. They're just they're on another level right now. So yeah. here's here's the interesting part. Rigby didn't officially clinch the district yet. They still have to win this matchup with Madison on Friday because Madison knocks off Idaho Falls 21 to 17. <laughs> That's right. And, and and I think this Madison team, I mean, we, we've got to remember, you know, last year uh, when Madison and Rigby played, of course, the game was in Rigby. Madison uh, was, was not a good team last year. And they actually hung really good with Rigby through the first half. And so, so I think, uh, you know, if you're Madison, you build on that, you build on, you know, the success of your five wins this season. And, and I think those players go in uh, feeling in their heart that uh, there's a potential upset. Yeah. I mean, it's just been incredible. Madison made this quarterback change two weeks ago and it's, it, they are a completely different team now it appears. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's one interesting game. And then the other interesting game of course is Idaho falls, taking on Highland in yeah. a game that's kind of a must win for both because Idaho Falls right now, Lance, their, their playoff chances are not looking good, right? They're on the wrong side of tiebreakers with Rigby. That's right. And Madison. And if they lose to Highland, they're, they're done. There's, yeah. I mean, because if, if they lose to Highland, then Highland, Madison, Rigby get the three automatic spots. And you would think, well, Idaho Falls still has a chance for the at-large, right? They, they would be six and three at that point. That's still pretty good. Well, in 5A, the at-large bid is determined by your, it's not determined by your max preps ranking. It's determined by your winning percentage against quote-unquote yeah. big schools. That's 5A, that's right. that's 5A <laughs> schools and out-of-state opponents that have an enrollment of 1280 or higher. Mm -hmm. And that's where Idaho Falls' schedule really cost them this year because their record against big schools, quote unquote, is one and two. All yeah. those all those wins they've piled yeah. up have been against four A teams from the high country conference. None of those will help out the Tigers. Well and I think I think as you look at Idaho Falls, uh, you know, I mean this is a team that that started out 
gangbusters, you know, and, and it's not like, I mean, I wouldn't say there was a huge drop off. I'm just saying, uh, obviously they, they started playing to get some better competition. They ended up uh, losing those games, but, but, you know, they were a team that we, we were talking about a little over a week ago, uh, that, that it looked like pretty sure that they were going to get in. <clears throat> I think you and I both, <clears throat> pardon me. I think you and I both had them beating, uh, uh, Madison. I know I did. Uh, Madison stepped up and, and won that game. So Idaho Falls, um, you know, they they truly control their destiny here tonight uh, or this week, I should say. That game's actually going to be played in Holt Arena, uh, is what I show. I thought Pokey was, or I thought Highland was going to hold that host that on their home field, but I am showing Holt Arena right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, Idaho Falls, I don't know if their line in the trenches can handle Highland. Um, and so that's interesting. If I was picking that game and if I was putting money on that game, I would put it on Highland. Yeah. Idaho fault. So, so with uh, Highland, they were supposed to play some games outdoors this year, but, um, they, they had some construction projects going on to, um, make their facility more, uh, custom, a custom, a custom accommodating, more accommodating to play more user friendly. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, but with COVID-19 and the pandemic and all this stuff, of course, every construction project is behind schedule. Yeah. So yeah. They, they had to move all of their games into Holt Arena this year. So that's what's happening there. So, here, I mean, Idaho Falls, their only chance, and I, I reached out to, to the athletic director at Idaho Falls and I didn't hear back yet. The only chance for Idaho Falls is to beat Highland and have Rigby beat Madison. And that would create a three-way tie between Highland Idaho Falls and Madison for the second, third, and fourth place position. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I don't know how that tiebreaker was settled. Nobody was able to tell me. So yeah, I, I don't know for sure either. All we would know there is that they all get in at that point. All three of them should get in at that point. Is that correct? And then you no. break that tie through a through a, is it a Kansas City playoff? It may have to be because because if if Idaho Falls ends up on the wrong side of that tiebreaker and they're still fourth, they they don't get in. They're they're they have to basically get one of those three automatic bids, and they have to be on the right side of, of a three. That's tie. right. That's right. Yeah, so, we need to get some clarification on how that would hand or how that would be played out if it's a tie. Historically, in other situations, we saw it go through with the Mountain Rivers Conference three A last year. Well, there was a three-way tie for this for uh, district, and they they did a Kansas City playoff at Madison High School, where Sugar and and South made their way into the state tournament that way. But and I, I'm assuming that's probably what would happen here. But I'm I don't I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you, Lance, that uh, as as last week I did a big bracketology post with all the playoff scenarios, and it made my head spin. And I'm gonna p- post it an updated one today on IdahoSports.com. And I had to reach out to all of these different leagues across the state. There's so many three way ties that are in play, and every single league got back to me except for the five A conferences, District Five and Six, and then up north in District One and Two, you have the potential for a three way tie as well, which yeah. leads me to believe they they don't know <laughs> or they weren't prepared for it i don't yeah. know i don't want to say that but happen. i haven't heard back from anybody so well well and, and ultimately you, you what you had uh, over here in east idaho is you had two teams that stepped up that weren't on anybody's radar to start the season and that's idaho falls and madison you know those are two teams that have, have stepped up and, and had good seasons uh i i think people felt for the most part it was going to be a a rigby highland runaway in in this conference uh and uh you know, certainly Idaho Falls and Madison have raised raised a little havoc with that. 
Yep. So uh, again, Idaho Falls pretty much they they need to win. They, if they lose, yeah. they're done. And even if they win, they may still be done. And it, it's just it's incredible to see um, the turnaround. But they have to win to even have a chance. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And 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 Highland feels like they're going to be backed into a corner too because because if Highland ends up on the wrong way of a three way tie, you know they could potentially be out too. Right. So uh, this is what we want, right? All four of the top teams are all going to give everything they have and sell out to win because it's that's that right. important. That's right. And that's what you want to see. You know, you, you, you want people playing with something on the line. It makes games better. It uh, brings out the, uh, uh, you know, the difference in players of who can mentally handle the pressure and who cannot uh, coaching staffs, uh, you know, are you going to come in conservative? Are you going to come in guns blazing? Uh, there's, there's a couple different thoughts on that, you know? And so um, I, I think from a fan perspective, you know, we look at that and we say, well, that's the scenario we want. We, we want something on the line. Yep. Uh, plenty on the line in 5A, 4A, but there's a lot on the line in 3A and 2A as well. Lance Sugar Salem clinched uh, the Mountain Rivers Conference last week with a 35-7 to win over South Fremont. And now the Cougars, all of a sudden, they're traveling to, uh, to Driggs to play Teton Friday night. Winner of that game gets the second spot to state. This, this is a big win for a South Fremont team that I'll, I'll admit – I was pretty high on coming into the season and yep. they kind of like Blackfoot. They've kind of underwhelmed me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They started out three and oh, and the, the, the thing that ended up hurting them was mobile quarterbacks as they got into, in fact, my worry last week going into that game, I had sugar pick to win that game. If you remember from our show last week, however, uh, there were some challenges that I saw for sugar. Cause, cause the one is, is, is a sugar does not have a mobile quarterback, at least not that type of mobility, you know, we're, we're uh, going to get out and, and run the edges, you know, and things like that. And so, uh, uh, you know, but sugar's line was just dominant and, uh, and the running game was, was good. The passing game was decent. The running game was really, really good. Um, and, uh, you know, they were able to come away with that. I think South probably wins this game by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. Teton is one in six. They have a first-year head coach. They're they're trying to build that program back up. So South Fremont wins, and and now you know if they want to get back to the semifinals like they did last year, they're they're going to have to go do it on the road, Lance. They're going to be right. they're, they're going to be seeded pretty low based on the Max Preps yeah. rankings. So yeah, well, and based upon Max Max Prep rankings uh, right now, I believe if it started right now, you'd have Sugar and Homedale in the same half of the bracket. Uh, which would, uh, and I, I could be wrong on that, but the way I was looking at it, uh, which means there would not be a even potential for a fourth year in a row of those teams playing each other in the state championship game because uh, it could potentially give a fairly early matchup there. Yeah, that's right. The top four teams right now, Homedale is one, Weezer is two, Gooding is three, Sugar is four, which would put Weezer and Gooding on one side and, and Homedale and Sugar yeah. on the other. You are correct yeah. there. So Sugar does get the first round bye, which is nice, and, and a home quarterfinal games, and then we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, the 2A level, the nuclear conference, we're finally going to figure out. I've, you know, depending on who you talk to, even stemming back to last year, right, North Fremont and Firth, right? Everyone thinks North Fremont's the best. Some people think Firth is the best. North Fremont won the regular season matchup last year. Firth won the game that counted in the semifinals. And we've had all this buildup and all this hype all season. Which team truly is better? We're going to find out Friday night. Yeah, I'll actually be on the call on that game with Lauren Jensen Friday. And uh, that should be a very, <clears throat> very good game. There's some interesting things in this game as, as I look at it. 
Um, I, I like both teams, and I like what both teams bring to the field. And both teams have some significant strengths. So it's going to be of uh, who can alter the other's uh, strength. And 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 something that I, that I think is going to be a real challenge for North is, you know, Jordan Lenz is so good at getting to the edge and cutting up field. I don't know if he can get to the edge and cut up on Firth. And, uh, and that takes a big chunk of their game away from them. Uh, if Jordan Lenz cannot hit that edge and, uh, and then pick up some additional yards there. And, and I think Firth has the speed to potentially match him there on both sides of the field. You know, whether he goes right or goes left, uh, I, I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup. And again, this is one that if I was putting money on it, if it was a bet game and I was putting money on it, I'd probably put it on Firth right now. In fact, I wouldn't say probably, I would. You know, and a lot of it comes down to that matchup that Firth had with Westside to start the season. A great Westside team that Firth took to the brink. And if those two matched up again in the state playoffs, uh, Firth very well might win that game. And, and I, I, I just think, uh, I, I think what, what Firth brings to the table nullifies more of North Fremont's strengths than it is the opposite. Yeah, and, and North Fremont uh, is kind of similar to Westside in terms of Westside runs that wing T. Yeah. Uh, North Fremont likes to run that triple option. Both teams want to get to the edges. Firth's de- defensive line is so dominant that I agree. I, and I've said it all year long. I think Firth is the better team. Now, I would love for North Fremont to prove me wrong, and we can come back here next week and talk about it if, I, if I'm wrong. But I've, I've said since the start, that Firth is the better team, even though North Fremont is undefeated and Firth has the one loss. Um, but either way, this is going to be a fantastic matchup Friday night, seven o'clock on IdahoSports.com. Lance Taylor on the call for that contest. And uh, regardless of what happens, both teams comfortably in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah both, both teams will be top four seeds. So yep. the other interesting game in the nuclear conference is West Jefferson. West Jeff right now, I think is pretty comfortably in based upon the max preps rankings, Lance, and right. they wrap up with salmon. This is kind of a layup for, for, for West Jefferson. Yeah, it should be, it right. should be, but yeah. you never know. It's oftentimes games like this, that uh, <laughs> a team feels like, you know, like salmon feels like, Hey, we got nothing to lose. We're going to go out. We're going to pull out all stops. We're going to pull out all our trick plays and, and see what happens. <laughs> That's that is true. Uh, West J right now holds the final at large spot in the two A postseason. Their max preps ranking is actually minus zero point three, which with a winning record, I'm not sure how that's possible. But <laughs> um, there there is such a gap between they and the next team, right? The next yeah. the next closest team is Soda Springs in terms of at, at large because Grangeville yeah. will win their district. Soda Springs is minus eleven. So that, I mean, that's a pretty significant gap. So for West Jeff, even if it's a close win, I think they're still in pretty comfortably. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And I, and I think they've earned it. You know, uh, West Jefferson is, it, it is again, they, that they fall into that category this year that, that, uh, you know, going in, we, we felt that, you know, they didn't really have a chance of winning the conference, but they were a good enough team to raise some havoc in the conference. And, uh, and they have done that. Yeah, so uh, they they have a lot to play for here in the in the final week of the uh, regular season, yep. and and here's the interesting part is that um, the the five conference champions get first round buys, which means that whoever loses between North Fremont and Firth will automatically be the highest ranked at large team. West yeah. Jefferson comes in as the last at large team. You're looking at a conference rematch in the opening round yep. of the playoffs. 
Yeah, that's right. And uh, very well could happen. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in that scenario. Uh, however, I think, I think East Idaho is going to, is going to be the, the, the class of the, of the tournament or of the playoffs for, for 2A. Yep. So you put West side in that. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, finally, at the 1A ranks, we've got a pair of de facto conference championship games this week. Uh, the 1A D1 level, Butte County taking on Grace. Both teams very comfortably in the playoffs. Uh, the only thing they're playing for here is uh, the first round bye and, and a higher position on the seed line. But both teams very talented. I still think Butte County is, is uh, a little bit better than Grace, but the Grizzlies have had a nice season. Yeah, they have. And, and again, this is another one of those. If I was betting, I'd probably put my money on Butte County. Uh, but Grace, you know, I had Grace for the first time this year when they were coming off of losses, off of, off of uh, uh, you know, undefeated in the loss column. <laughs> and they've won four straight. And Grace has done a really good job. They were a team that before the season, I picked to have a really good season and kind of disappointed me early on. Uh, but this is a matchup that I felt uh, would be critical during this. You know, I mean, I mean, this season, as we looked at it from from a preseason standpoint, uh, Butte stepped up, did what they needed to do. Grace took him a little bit while. But, but Grace is a different team now. Uh, they are better than their four and three record shows. Yep, I agree 100 percent. So that'll be an interesting game. And then at the one AD two ranks, you have North Gem playing Rockland. Those are yeah. both. District five teams, but Water Springs does uh, clinch a playoff spot. They will finish as the uh, third seed out of District yeah. five and six. That's all at the one eighty two level. It's all predetermined. So uh, they did clinch a playoff spot. And Water Springs, I think, is a pretty dangerous team. They will uh, essentially travel to uh, Castleford for their yeah. playoff opener. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is you know, Water Springs has Chalice this weekend. And uh, <laughs> Water Springs one and six, Chalice one and seven, uh, but but I think those those two one out of those two one win teams there, I think Water Springs is in a whole different level than Chalice is. Uh, Water Springs again, they're better than their one and six record shows. Yeah, um, they, they've got they've got several explosive players. They've just struggled. Uh, you know, they, they they struggled in their secondary, uh, and uh, they're very undersized in certain critical positions. Uh, but Water Springs is is good enough to 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 even step up and and throw a kind of a monkey wrench into into what happens during the playoffs. Yes, uh, of the eight games on uh, Water Springs schedule, only two are against teams that won't make the playoffs: Mackey mm -hmm. and Chalice. Uh, yeah. and, and if they do play Castleford, this will be a rematch of a game that was played back on September third. Uh, Water Springs went to Castleford. Yes and lost 58 to 20, but it sounds like water Springs left some points out on the field and, and Drew Blocker yeah. is such a dynamic athlete that yeah. uh, I don't know. It'd be a fun rematch. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I mean, even, even when water Springs lost to grace, when grace picked up their first win of the season, water Springs, if you, if you looked on it, you know, if you didn't see the, the score, but you just looked on, you know, how many yards offensively they picked up for the game and stuff. You'd have thought, man, this, this was neck and neck. Uh, but they left a lot of points uh, just, off the board through, you know, not being able to convert, uh, you know, in scoring positions and so forth. So, uh, so water Springs is, is a much better team. Don't, don't take that one and six record literally, uh, cause they're better than that. Yeah. So a uh, lot of exciting football Lance next week. I'm very excited. I won't have to crunch the numbers anymore. It'll just be all laid out for me on a bracket. I can just get back Oops. to what I do. Best. Lose and go home. 
That's right. So we'll have plenty of football to talk about next week. Uh, we can start talking state volleyball and who knows, we might be recapping uh, some state soccer, a, a state soccer championship or two as well from East Idaho. So that's right. State volleyball, Sugar Salem clinched. Yes. Or pardon me. Uh, uh, Snake River clinched yesterday. Sugar Salem has a chance to clinch tonight. Uh, they'll play the winner of uh, South Fremont Tetons girls who play again. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know Mackie continuing to look strong uh, in the, in the 1A ranks, and um, yeah, this is the most exciting time of the year. No, it is doubt about it. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition of the East Idaho Prepcast, brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. Hey, I can see myself in the reflection of your sunglasses there, Lance. That's right. You can. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you back here next week on another edition of the East Idaho Prepcast. For Lance Taylor, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.